0: I feel like part of the reason we're talking here is because <laughs> I recently got on The Simpsons. Yes. It's like, um, I'm just going to say that, I think. <laughs> Which, um, uh
1: <laughs> this is actor, writer, podcaster, and genuinely hilarious, Tony Rodriguez. Tony has worked his way from being a comedy nerd growing up in a Cuban-Miami household to performing at improv shows in New York to sitting across from George Lopez as he plays a Mexican version of Donald Trump in a Funny or Die skit. Tony's latest achievement is definitely part of why we wanted to talk to him about Latinos in Hollywood. He recently joined the cast of the iconic television show The Simpsons.
0: I was just down in Miami a few days ago with my nephews. My uh, sister-in-law was like, let's put on The Simpsons. And they're like, oh my God, Tio Tony's a cartoon. And I felt like like a little kid with them watching it. It's still, I'm still over the moon about it.
1: Tony voices Julio, a gay Cuban character on the show who, until Tony took the reins, was voiced by Hank Azaria.
0: A dear friend of mine, a white gay, there are good people, there are good (laughs) white people. Um, He... He uh, hosts a podcast called Gayest Episode Ever. And he was trying to look at the gay jokes of The Simpsons. And every time we'd come up, he'd come across a Julio, we'd talk about it. I'm like, I could do this voice. It's me. It's like a gay Cuban. He's me.
1: He's truly he's me. So Tony decided to take matters into his own hands.
0: We decided I would make a video of myself asking The Simpsons to cast me as this gay Cuban character. And I did the voice. What I did not know was... Uh, a dear old friend of mine from new york had just become a writer and her first episode was had julio this character in it so when the showrunner went to the writer's room and said had anyone ever heard of tony rodriguez she's like oh my god yes i got an audition so i put out the video on a monday and i was recording it at fox the following week
1: wow <laughs> what a whirlwind tony what a whirlwind for Tony, playing Julio was his chance to finally contribute to being the on-screen representation he never had growing up.
0: He's an out-and-proud, gay Cuban man in uh, in Springfield, and um, he's sassy and salty, and I love him, and I feel like he's he's me. And I, I respect Hank Azaria so much. He's a truly brilliant performer, a brilliant actor, and... Um, But as these, like, conversations about representation are opening up these doors, I'm like, let me in. I truly nothing in my life until now, I was like, had I ever felt more, this part is mine.
1: When he began his career in entertainment, Tony was searching for idols who more closely resembled who he saw in the mirror.
0: I didn't really have any. I I do, John Leguizamo, since forever, I feel has been, like, someone I would look up to. But he was the only one that was doing like comedy that I saw, and and being Latino.
1: Oh, and
0: Ricky Ricardo. I was like, oh, that he's probably my dad, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And and for so many of us, that was the first representation we saw. I can remember that show being one of my favorites when I was five or six years old. When I didn't even, the concept of representation and seeing myself or people like me was not even in my consciousness, and I gravitated towards. But it still mattered,
0: right? Like on some level, it mattered that you were seeing, you know, something that resonated with your identity on screen. It's more powerful than I think I gave it credit for years ago.
1: Luckily, the media landscape looks a little different now than it did when the only Latino on our screens was Ricky Ricardo.
0: Let's say, like, be that. Um,
1: and Hentified. Exactly, Hentified. Uh, that.
0: Yeah, in one day at a time.
1: In his role on Netflix's critically acclaimed Hentified, Tony noticed there was a difference between that show and The Simpsons.
0: It's underdog versus institution. I think an element of having to prove, you know, Netflix is... I, I'm, a, I'm putting this in quotes, like, I'm, like the taking a gamble on, let's say, the POC show, the Latino show. It's definitely for... I imagine the network executives a category. But also the show is excellent in its own right. I feel like it transcends, like anyone can, that's the best thing. When you're doing, let's say, quote, representative show, but it becomes universal. I could see how much they wanted to put their own experiences and the experiences of the other writers on the screen.
1: Strides are being made when it comes to seeing more Latino stories on screen. Yet accurate Latino representation in TV and film is not where it needs to be. This conversation came to the forefront this summer during the release of the film adaptation of the musical In the Heights. Here at Pulso, we critique the film's lack of dark-skinned Afro-Latinos in lead roles in what should have been a representation of a largely Afro-Dominican neighborhood. Yet while watching the film, I cried in the theater not expecting that I was going to, right? And here, there I was, tearing up when grandma came out. It, it matters. It matters so much.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Paciencia, y it just, Paciencia y fe. It's just...
1: Paciencia y fe.
0: It's... Yeah, I was crying, too.
1: So, essentially, it's complicated. We're such a diverse, hugely diverse
0: group of people and when we're trying to navigate the waters in american mainstream media it's so easy to like lump us in to one category when we're, it's it's both thrilling and like dispiriting when you only get like one movie a year or every five years right and lee manuel has to shoulder all of our hopes and dreams
1: right because we we should be telling more of our stories and and we shouldn't have this scarcity mentality that we just get this one shot right that It should be many of us, from all of the more than 20 countries we represent, telling our stories in front of and behind the camera. And we should touch on what's usually going on behind the camera.
2: No one's asking white directors that they have to represent um, all of whiteness or all the different lived experiences of white people.
1: That's Dr. Diana Martinez, the Artistic Director of Film Streams, an art house theater in Omaha, Nebraska.
2: They basically choose every single movie that we play on our screens. That's my job.
1: She's also the creator and host of a podcast called Hollywood in Color about the history of people of color in the entertainment industry. She has a PhD in film and media studies from the University of Oregon. And like many of us, Dr. Martinez has some thoughts on In the Heights.
2: So like In the Heights has a disproportionate burden on it to be represented than other works of its kind do. Um, and that I think is unfair. And I don't know how you get away from placing that burden on creators. And part of that burden comes from the fact that there's so few things made by Latinos, right? So, In the Heights has to be representative because who knows when we're going to get another film like that. Um, but executives know, you know, studios know, they have the money. Right. <laughs> right. Um unless those people at the very top are changing or becoming more diverse themselves or looking towards creating actual diversity, um, I honestly don't even think it really matters if there's good stories out there because a lot of people have good stories, but they don't have money to make them.
1: And coming from the world of film studies, Dr. Martinez has seen firsthand how starved we are for representation.
2: As I was teaching... I had students come up to me and tell me that they took my class because of my last name. These were Latino students who just saw Martinez and was like, oh my God, like another person of color, like let me take this class. And it was like this duty that I felt like, okay, like if this is what the kids are expecting, like this is what I need to give them.
1: (laughs) She's also thinking about the people who don't have access to the world of film studies. That's why her podcast and the movies she chooses to play at film streams cover lesser known Hollywood history.
2: What I try to do is try to make all this stuff, all this history accessible to people. And for me, that means like a commitment to making sure that more people are seeing things made by people who don't really look like them. I have like really complicated feelings towards towards representation sometimes. Um, Because it's definitely something that I think we should be fighting for. But I think in the Latino media landscape, like, it's still difficult to really, like, criticize or critique things that are supposedly, like, uplifting the community.
1: Accurate representation is messy and difficult. Yet slowly but surely, we're getting there.
0: I own this. At the very least, I own this, this process, this creative thing. I just made it. This is mine. Regardless of if it, like, it's, quote, lands, sticks to landing, this is mine.
1: You can subscribe to The of Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to give us a listen. If you have questions or story ideas to send our way, send us an email to info at projectpulso.org. The Pulso Podcast is produced and edited by Charlie Garcia and Lisanne Ramos. Additional editing by Steph Amaya Mora. Research and booking by Turilla Chavez, Rey Aguilera, Ana Mendoza, and Sabrina Maluf. Original music by Julian Blackmore. Our cover art was designed by Jonathan Torres. And I'm your host, Lisa Alarcón. The voices you hear in our intro, that's the Pulso team. Thanks for listening. Hey, Pulso fam. I want to tell you all about Atlas Lingue, a Studio 80 podcast about language, culture, and communication. Have you ever wondered what your cat is trying to tell you? Or how Disney Pixar writers craft stories that resonate across numerous languages? Atlas Lingway host Luis Lopez explores these topics and so much more. It's a show about the confusing, wonderful, and weird world of language. And this season, they're diving deep into the language of culture online. They're interviewing content creators from different countries who document their daily lives and cultural backgrounds on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. New episodes air every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also watch all the interviews on their YouTube channel at Ochenta Podcasts.